Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by David Allen. Hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, we are. I think everyone should be doing well. It is a relatively decent week in uh, here in the States, uh, hopefully around the rest of the world. If you are not uh, in Palestine, Israel, or the Gaza Strip, we want to have our condolences for anybody who has been affected by those uh, tragedies. Uh, We will try and stay away from that and just keep it about tech, uh, because this is a tech podcast. Uh, Our headlines uh, today will be about Microsoft uh, being in debt to the IRS uh, to the tune of $28.9 billion. That is a big Mm. slip up. I'm sure somebody or some people are going to be fired uh, this weekend. Uh, Another headline we got is Microsoft has been uh, losing money at GitHub, apparently. The GitHub Copilot. This is, I believe, one of their first co-pilot projects. This is before they even announced it for Windows. So this doesn't bode well for all the other co-pilot projects, I suppose, that need to make money. Uh, we'll also be talking about Microsoft uh, forming a C2PA coalition with Intel Adobe and others to address deep fakes because uh, that will be on the rise thanks to uh, AI or the explosion of AI usage. Windows 11 uh, activation update. Microsoft has finally closed the loophole there that would jump you from Windows, I believe, 8 to 11. Uh, I don't know why you've been sitting on Windows 8 or 7 uh, the, all this long, but uh, I think this week was your last chance to do so. We'll also be talking about Microsoft reversing OneDrive photo storage policies amid user feedback who said, hey, this was a dumb idea. Fortunately, Microsoft listened. Uh, we'll be also talking about Bobby Kodak suggesting Guitar Hero return because uh, it's been six, seven years since the last Guitar Hero. Uh, and that's you know in light of other news that has to deal with Activision. We'll circle around to in a second. And the last headline we'll be talking about is Disney reportedly considering becoming a gaming giant, their major acquisition. Again, considering. Uh, and then our final discussion will be uh, the official announcement from uh, the UK's CMA, who have given the official thumbs up to Microsoft's Activision deal. So uh, with that all being said, why don't you start, start us off with our first headline, please? Well, I'm going to jump right to this OneDrive thing because I've got a I've got a little bit of an interesting take on it. So, um, Microsoft had recently said that your OneDrive storage and your photos, or your photos, were going to count against your OneDrive storage, much as they had done with the your Outlook email now counting against your OneDrive storage. And remember that each user gets a baseline of five gig, and if you subscribe to office 365 i believe that bumps that to one terabyte so you can well, store and your... i believe i believe you got Go 100 gigs if you're a windows phone user just saying yeah i believe you did i don't remember that but i believe i believe you did i don't i don't think i ever got my 100 gigs but i never had a windows <laughs> phone all that that long. was the only plus side of windows phone <laughs> that's true um so basically what 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 we're running up against here something that google implemented a while back and they kind of pushed ahead with it meaning that if you're a google photos user and you were saving your photos to google photos say you have an android phone that's automatically saving those photos to your google photos account it used to be that those photos did not take up against your gmail storage allotment and Microsoft is kind of facing the same thing here with OneDrive, except Google chose not to back down. So a lot of folks were forced into having to go buy the Google Drive storage 
to hold their email, their files, plus their photos. So Microsoft just says, hey, we've heard you. We don't like this backlash. We're going to back off and we're going to try a different approach. Now, as of right now, nothing has been changed. Your photos are not counting against your OneDrive storage. But I find it very interesting that Microsoft went backwards on this one. Google went forward. So I'm wondering if what Microsoft's next plan is, I don't expect that photos will always not count against your storage. That's an easy way for Microsoft to make money off of OneDrive. Yeah, um, I won't belabor the point, but I do believe the way that they were doing it, it was, it was based on um, the quality, I believe, or the size of the photos. They were basically going to double count because I think photos still count against your storage. Like if you go to your storage management in OneDrive, it will show you how much is how much space is being taken up by that. Uh, it isn't like, you know, it only counts um, documents. It'll count um, uh, photos and other media and stuff like that. What it doesn't count, I believe, is email, which Google does do. Google will count any, like the size of your email, attachments, all these other things as part of your overall storage, along with photos as well. I think what Microsoft was planning to do was uh, going forward was going to basically double tax your photos in OneDrive. So if you had you know, currently 30 gigs worth of photos going forward, this new plan would have almost bumped it to 60, forcing everyone else to basically go and get more stores the way that they were kind of allotting this. So they're going back on their, what they were going to do with that plan, which was very convoluted and making any, make any sense and frustrated a lot of people and going to the original where your photos will count against you still, just not double. So you won't necessarily need to make the bump, uh, as they were kind of trying to plan to do for whatever reason. It'll be interesting to see where, where where this shakes out. I still think they're going to pull something in there. Like you and I were just talking about. I mean, we, we record these teams meetings for the podcast video. And, you know, we're going to talk about it here in just a minute with the losing of money with uh, GitHub and Copilot. I think you're going to see a lot of tightening the belts on some of these free cloud services you know and i think you're going to start seeing kind of like you see your cell phone companies you know they they market unlimited data and it is unlimited after a certain point though it slows down to not being practical to use and it's not going to surprise me if some of these cloud storage and cloud email providers gmail included Dropbox, OneDrive, start taxing you on the type of file that you store and how that counts against your storage. I think that may be the eventual endpoint. Uh, I do think before they get there, they are just gonna start chopping up uh, packages, basically. The pricing tiers are gonna shift a little bit and probably get more expensive, unfortunately, uh, before they start taxing individual file types. I think that is our dystopian future for cloud where it's like, hey, an AVI file will be, you know, a dollar versus your MOV files versus your MP3, MP4s or whatever, things like that. That is hopefully my children's future, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, speaking of pricing, uh, Microsoft is uh, it, Microsoft in a $28.9 billion tax battle with the IRS over transfer pricing. pricing. Um, 
yeah, you heard me, 28.9 billion. billion. In a study revelation, the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS in the US, says that Microsoft owes a staggering 28.9 billion uh, in back taxes to the US Treasury. The unexpected disclosure came in light when Microsoft filed a securities report on Wednesday. I'm sure whoever filed that is long gone since then. Uh, the tremendous sum demanded by the IRS, which includes penalties occurred uh, and occurred interest is uh, connected to an ongoing investigation regarding Microsoft's allocation of profits across various countries and jurisdictions. The scrutiny spanning, uh, the scrutiny, which is spanning from 20, 2004 to uh, 2013, revolves around a contentious practice known as transfer pricing. Uh, detractors argue that companies employ the strategy to minimize their tax liability, uh, reporting lower profits in high tax nations and higher profits in juris jurisdictions with lower taxes uh, or tax havens, uh, basically fudging the numbers uh, so that they all wash out. That is the idea of this. So uh, if you know, you're being taxed in a, in a place that has high taxes, you record lower profits so that those balance out and in places like tax havens, you say, hey, we, you know, we had lower taxes, so it works for us. Uh, unsurprisingly, Microsoft flatly refutes the allegations put forth by the IRS. The technology titan maintains that it's uh, diligent, diligently adheres to the IRS's regulations vows to challenge the agency's decision. The software giant intends to challenge the, no the notices at, uh, at administrative and judicial levels. Uh, Microsoft disagrees uh, with these proposed adjustments and will pursue an appeal within the IRS, uh, a process expected to take several years. Uh, it's interesting because uh, Microsoft, you know, is a 45-year-old company or something like that, that over the uh, over the over 10 years, not even recent 10 years, this is 2004 to 2013, chose to do this practice and not be successful at it. I'm not saying that it's right. I am not justifying what they're doing, but the fact that they messed up so bigly, to borrow a phrase, uh, to the tune of 28.9 billion seems like an offset. Um, defending its position, Microsoft emphasized that the IRS proposed adjustments, which totaled 28.9 billion, failed to account for up to 10 billion in taxes already paid by the company. Discrepancy further fuels the fiery dispute between the tech giant and the tax authorities. Uh, again, 10, a $10 billion mistake by the uh, IRS uh, is also kind of questionable. So uh, we will keep you up to date on where this goes and what's going to happen going forward. But there's billions at stake for both uh, entities. Uh, and it seems like we may not even know the final results until years from now. If we even know it then, I, it, it's interesting the way these things get postponed for years and then suddenly we never hear about them or they never make the news again. But just the thought, you know, we've got a 60 billion or call, let's call it 70 billion, 70 billion Activision offering. And then we've got a 28 billion tax liability. Just take a minute, folks, and think about that. That's kind of, you know, when, when you will put out the headline I, I was reading, and it just takes a minute to comprehend that, that how can somebody on the books miss 28 billion dollars yeah i mean just to, to to try and get it to people to understand if i go to walmart and i go to buy something that costs me 60 dollars and i'm missing a 20 i'm gonna feel that i'm gonna notice that immediately so uh for this stuff going on for 10 years like we said it's questionable but uh again we'll, we'll figure it out and keep you guys updated what's our next headline 
All right. I got a question for you, uh, Kareem. Back in our younger days, when we were a little younger, a little maybe a little more energetic, were you a guitar hero player? Uh, I was not a routine one, but if there were libations around and a group of people, uh, sort of like karaoke, <laughs> I would get into it. Yeah, yeah I've played. I've played it. Well, for those that were into Guitar Hero, now I was not a Guitar Hero player, libations or otherwise. I'm just not a <laughs> mu musical type. But uh, Bobby Kotick suggests Guitar Hero could be returning in an internal Activision Blizzard memo, basically saying there's a lot of speculation since Microsoft first announced the intention to buy Activision Blizzard that some of the classic franchises may make a return. And in an in internal memo, he says, the emergent, the emergent, the reemergence of Guitar Hero and other things would not be possible without different types of resources. As you know, just endless possibilities for the future that are just incredibly exciting. So is he saying that for all those Guitar Hero guitars that we saw on the shelf and all those different versions of those guitars that were sold for many years and we all sat in front of those TVs trying to keep up with the notes and be a rock star in our own living room. Are we saying that Guitar Hero could make a return to the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S, or even PC? I think with the way we've seen some games kind of be remastered over the last few years, that it's entirely possible that it's time for this next generation to get their shot at Guitar Hero. I don't think this was brought up because, well, let's just go in our list of titles and talk about Guitar Hero because it seems interesting. I think they're gauging interest and it's a real possibility that we see it reemerge. Yeah, uh, I'll keep it short, but I do remember the bundles being upwards of 70 to 100 bucks yes. uh, for extra yes. hardware. And this is a opportunity for the Xbox to make a bit more margins, I suppose, going forward. So whatever version of the new Xbox comes out or even a mid-generation one, uh, this is a way to add to that uh, if it's popular. Now, the question is, what popular guitar type music will be on this soundtrack? What will we, I mean, will we have a generation of Taylor Swift's out there in their living room oh, playing guitar. <laughs> he had to go there. He had to. I did. She's made a billion dollars on this concert. There's no way to not talk about her. I talk about Beyonce, but I don't know how much guitar she has in her concerts. But uh, that being said, I look forward to it if, if it's true. Uh, what's our next headline? Uh, I think it's one that I got. Oh, yep. speaking of money, Microsoft has been reportedly losing money on GitHub. Maybe they will replace GitHub Copilot with Guitar Hero. Maybe that's so. a way to make money. Uh, there have been challenges to the tech companies facing uh, or face in making profits of generative AI. And this is not just uh, isolated to Microsoft. I believe everyone's going to have issue with this. Uh, Google has historically stayed away from generative AI because of the way uh, it could affect their advertising uh, business. But back to the point, generative AI tools are expensive to operate because they require powerful servers with expensive chips that consume a lot of power. Companies like Microsoft, Google, and Adobe are experimenting with various pricing models for AI products. Uh, this includes charging it based on consumption, adding additional charges for AI-infused features, and using credits to limit usage. Microsoft is charging $30 per, use for, uh, per user per month for its various Microsoft 365 Copilot projects already. Uh, and I believe uh, GitHub Copilot 
uh, was one of their first ones. Uh, this was something that was announced uh, this time last year, I believe, if not uh, maybe during the summer. Uh, and it was for, I believe they're charging two bucks a month for the users and it basically offered a way to, uh, for developers to basically go to GitHub and get code relatively easily uh, by sourcing uh, other code. And it was controversial. I believe Microsoft's still in the lawsuit about this specifically, uh, but it seems like Microsoft is losing money on the generative AI product due to the high operating cost, according to a Wall Street Journal article. article. Individuals uh, who pay 10 bucks a month for the uh, for the AI assistant, uh, we're doing so at, a up, at an uptick at the beginning uh, when this was first announced. It seems that uh, uh, interest has waned a little bit. Maybe it's the product, maybe it's the uh, you know uh, results that developers are you know not necessarily sold on. But for whatever the reason, uh, it isn't bouncing out. I believe as Microsoft thought. Uh, and again, this is GitHub, so it's historically open source and free. So to try and uh, add the additional challenge of charging people who are used to free. Uh, Microsoft is all gonna be facing an uphill battle. Uh, Microsoft is exploring cheaper AI tools for use in Bing um, and other services. So maybe they lower the price to get more people on board. Uh, maybe those margins don't get as high going forward, but it still doesn't address the costly server thing. So we'll keep you updated on what Microsoft decides to do as a company, as far as addressing the GitHub Copilot and where that project goes, uh, and what this means to the broader, broader AI push in general when uh, getting users is no longer uh, enough to maintain uh, the services. I think this goes back all the way back to the subscription service model, whether you're a consumer, whether you're business. This AI thing is great. We have questioned in previous podcasts that, you know, how, how well is it being adopted? What are people doing with it? Um, will it be widely adopted? And I think this is what everybody is looking into. We've seen it with ChatGPT. We've seen how their service models have, you know, come up with pricing plans of how much you use it. I think there'll always be a place for this. I think there'll always be pricing plans in place for this, but I think it's going to have to get a little more expensive, unfortunately, for it to work. I think when they put it in Office 365 and they announced these subscription plans, what, a month, six weeks ago, so it was, what, 30 bucks a year, you know, for the, for the person in the company that wanted, you know, was assigned to it, it was 30 bucks a person. So what return does the companies get? You know, we haven't heard anybody say that, hey, we're getting a return out of using Copilot. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of the, I won't call it the breaking point for what are people willing to pay? What are companies willing to absorb? Because as you said, AI is expensive to operate, requires expensive GPUs to get these queries back in a timely manner to get us the info we want. And, you know, those GPUs take a lot of electricity. So it's going yeah. to be interesting to see. Yeah, individuals are paying up to about 10 bucks a month for the assistant. Uh, at the early months, it was costing Microsoft 20 bucks to maintain it. Uh, individuals familiar with uh, the pricing and the figures and the services uh, on Microsoft's side are saying that it's now costing $80 a month to do it. So, I mean, the discrepancy between the $10 people pay and the $80 are costing to use is going to need to be, you know, caught somewhere in the middle. Uh, so we'll see 
you know, maybe my suggestion of $5 wasn't accurate. Maybe this thing goes up instead of down uh, to accommodate the, the few people who are still using it. Uh, what's our next headline? Well, while we're on the topic of content here, we have Disney is reportedly interested in becoming a, quote, gaming giant through a major acquisition. As we know, Disney has been faced with declining revenues here lately, and we also know that COVID has played into that. Your Disney vacations have become a lot more expensive, so... Disney says, hey, we are, we can do movies, we can do your cartoons, we can do your animations. Now we want to do your gaming, and EA could be the company that they have in mind to enter the gaming industry. Now, I don't know how I feel about this. As we talked about off, off mic here, Disney's having enough problems managing their content with their streaming services, Disney Plus, and they're already losing money over there as they are very quick to let us know. So I can't see Disney entering the gaming market or the gaming streaming market and not losing more money. So I don't Um, know how I feel about this. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it, uh, but in a previous life, uh, years ago, I used to actually work for Disney's gaming division in the legal department. Uh, so I oversaw contracts, I oversaw licensing, things like that. And this is back when they were opening up uh, Disney portals. This was the first online gaming that they started in, uh, playing around with, uh, as well as overseeing uh, some of the properties that became uh, other games uh, like the Disney Fairies and Cars, Wally was a game, things like that. So I understand uh, about the ambition for gaming. Uh, this would be a strictly licensing deal, I suppose. They buy EA and then they license out the property. They create content, uh, then have EA developers create games based on that content, and then they sell those games to uh, manufacturers and streaming services uh, for uh, devices, mobile particularly. Uh, it makes sense for them uh, if, if there's a way to do a low margin kind of thing, because they're not going to necessarily be um, creating consoles or anything like that. They're not in the market for that. Uh, and they already have a content generating machine, so they don't necessarily need to make, you know, The Last of Us. They can just say, hey, make a make a game based off of Elementals. We already made the movie. We, we now have EA as a uh, studio under our belt. We'll shift them from, I don't know, what is EA known for? FIFA or whatever? We're shifting from FIFA to, to, to Elementals now. That is easy for them to do. To your point, uh, I don't like this as an idea. Uh, but, you know, I was also sort of championing Microsoft at Activision. Uh, if this gets more kid-friendly games, I suppose, in, into home somehow, then I'm okay for it. Uh, we'll just have to see how this develops, I suppose. The streaming bills, we don't realize it, but they're getting larger and larger by the month. For everybody, yes. Uh, I will wrap up our last two headlines as quickly as I can. Uh, Microsoft gangs up with some uh, known friends, Intel and Adobe, uh, and even more, uh, to address deep banks. Uh, several tech firms, including, like I said, Microsoft, Adobe, and Intel, they're coming together uh, to form a coalition called the Coalition for Content uh, Providence and Authenticity, C2PA, not to be confused with uh, C3PO. 
reports uh, Crypto Slate. That's the company that we're, or the publication we're citing. The goal of this coalition is to tackle the growing challenges of deepfakes by developing an open standard that can verify the origins and authenticity of online content. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up online, so to speak, but the uh, abundance and I don't know, relative accuracy of deepfakes has gotten so much bigger these days. Things are much harder to identify as uh, initially a deepfake. Uh, the C2PA aims to develop tools that can uh, attach critical information to digital content, basically metadata to help people kind of understand like, hey, this is not the president, uh, you know, going out and stealing stuff from Target. This is a deepfake. Um, so this will allow users and content flat platformers to identify whether AI was used to create or alter the content. This is crucial as AI techniques become increasingly advanced, enabling creation of hyper-realistic fake images and videos. I think the video part is the biggest emphasis here. Uh, yeah, it's hard for us. It's going to become harder for us to identify images, but the idea that you can't trust video is going to be, I think, crucial uh, going forward, especially on platforms like TikTok, uh, what's left of X, uh, Instagram and whatnot. Now, earlier this year, the OpenAI gave up, OpenAI gave up on researching AI bots that could detect uh, if human or AI wrote content due to limitations in its performance, which is, you know, big negligence on their part, seeing as they're the company pushing forward. I don't know, I don't remember their justification for doing so. I think they just went to Congress saying like, hey, we can't do it, we need your help. Uh, the C2PA has released open source tools like content credentials, uh, that any organization can adopt, uh, making it more accessible for a wide range of entities, including media outlets, uh, academics, nonprofits, and tech firms to implement these standards. Mind you, this is a group of private companies providing this. This is not something that they are giving to the government. This isn't a form. Uh, this isn't a form. This isn't a standard just yet. Uh, this is just a group of, of businesses getting together to say, "Hey, we'd like to offer people some tools." So we'll see what they do with that. Uh, going forward uh if you have any thoughts on that let me know before i go to the next headline just the one quick thought i think this is a good idea because i think as this as we have mentioned this as generative ai gets deeper and deeper we're going to see a lot of fake content whether it be video yes. whether it be images no, no matter what it is whether it be a paper road in a college classroom and we've got to come up with ways to stop this from happening. I mean, this could get dangerous, and I and I and I'll leave it at that. He is absolutely correct, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Windows 11 activation update. Microsoft finally closes the loophole. Um, again, Microsoft finally closed the door on a years-long deal that allowed Windows users uh, from Windows 7 and 8 uh, to upgrade to 11 for free. Last month, the tech giant announced that the installation path for Windows 7 to 11 would no longer be supported. However, users found that their old operating system keys were still gain, you know, granting them access to the latest operating system. Now, Microsoft has confirmed that Windows 7 keys are completely blocked from cleaning installs of Windows 11, uh, as The Verge reported. Um, the free upgrade program was initially introduced in 2015 alongside the release of Windows 10. Again, Windows 10, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. 2015. Uh, even those who had acquired Windows through less conventional means were invited to upgrade the program. So again, those of you who were pirating Windows yep. have been given almost 10 years to get on the new service. I don't know why. This shouldn't come as a shock to you. Uh, originally intended to be available for one year, 
uh, the upgrade program uh, quietly extended two years due to loopholes found in Microsoft's ex accessibility site. From there, the timeline continued to stretch with each passing year. Again, someone was just asleep at the wheel. Maybe George in, you know, implementation or operations woke up and flipped the switch and said, all right, no more. Enough is enough. Uh, which, to Microsoft's detriment, may not be a good thing because we know that the uptake of Windows 11 hasn't been with uh, we would expect at this point in time uh, for an operating system. So we'll see what the cutoff does as far as the operating market share goes for them. Uh, we do know that they are increasingly moving towards Windows 12. We'll probably hear some announcements about it uh, going into the end of this year, the beginning of next, uh, as far as updates or whatnot is concerned. So we'll see how this all shakes out. Uh, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't still be on Windows 8 or 7, but you know, that's just me judging you. Uh, get on 11 as quickly as you can. It's still a free operating system. Uh, stop using eight-year-old loopholes, please. Windows 11 is not bad, folks. It's actually a pretty good operating system. So unless you're legacy out there, you're just lazy, or I, I tell you what, you... you 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 get on your Windows 7 PC to what to do ASCII drawings or something like that. Yeah, you know now maybe if you do that I'll leave you alone. But if you're doing anything useful with your Windows 7 PC, if you can still do anything useful with your Windows 7 PC, jump on the bandwagon, folks. Uh, we're going to do our last uh, main discussion. We won't keep it long because we don't want to keep you guys here indoors or wherever you're listening to this podcast for too much longer. But Microsoft has officially. Uh, acquired uh, an approval from the UK CMA for its Activision deal. Uh, I'm choosing my words carefully because uh, Activision, Blizzard, and Microsoft are combined in the EU. They're combined in the UK as far as business is concerned. Uh, they are not uh, in the US, not yet, while the FTC is still uh, going over their injections appeal as well as their own investigation. Uh, we just want to make sure that you, you aren't misled or uh, misinformed about the uh, deal altogether. But according to a new report from uh, Windows Central, Microsoft is reportedly working on mobile game store aimed at competing with Apple's App Store already. Uh, they got the approval, what, three, four, five hours ago, and they've already started making moves to try and uh, get their own mobile gaming store up. So I guess they either knew about this beforehand or just said, F it, we're going to do it as quickly as we can. Um, the report suggests that one of the reasons behind this move uh, is the European Union's Digital Markets Act, which will potentially allow sideloading on iOS uh, devices in the future. So uh, they want to, again, get this quick up as quickly as possible. The report claims that Microsoft is building what can be described as Steam for mobile, aiming uh, to offer developers more favorable terms than what Apple currently provides on iOS, drawing inspiration from Epic Games' competition against uh, Steam on Windows 11. Microsoft hopes to entice developers with uh, better deals and attract users with higher powered exclusives. Uh, like we said, they're drawing on Epic uh, for this. Uh, now that they are allowed to, at least in the UK and EU, uh, start kind of re-platforming some of their bigger titles, we'll see if we can get, hopefully, a Diablo or a World of Warcraft or uh, full on a Call of Duty on these devices, especially now that the chips can you know, run them relatively well on these mobile devices. Uh, the other, uh, do you have anything about, to say about that? Because I'm going to add a section, second part to this discussion. I can't wait. I mean, we talked about it as far back as six months ago. I think we heard the first rumblings that there was going to be a mobile store. And in my opinion, I think that's the greatest thing that gamers could ask for is go to one place, get your games, for your device 
and move on because to me it feels like at times the gaming industry and the gaming stores are a little bit fractured you get this version for ipad this version for your iphone this version for android i feel like one place buy your games everybody gets a slice of the pie and we know everybody's not going to play along and play nicely there's going to be somebody that doesn't play nicely that's just the way it goes but i think this is this good idea i can't wait to see this launch uh the other part of news that we got as far as the deal uh or today's announcement about the deal is that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick will stay on as CEO of ABK until the end of 2023 to help with the transition period. Uh, this is something we had speculated at the beginning, uh, I want to say last November, when they had started already talking about, uh, or November before last, whenever they first announced it in November, when they were eyeing the, the purchase, what's going to happen to him? Because he's had a colored history in gaming and, um, to the detriment of Activision for the most part, uh, which is part of the reason why Microsoft had initially wanted to get by Activision Blizzard uh, from out underneath him. Well, he's been great for the company as far as revenues are concerned. Uh, I believe he's facing several uh, litigate, uh, litigating uh, cases uh, having to do with discrimination, sexual harassment, some other things like that. Uh, so we'd all speculated Microsoft was gonna oust him as quickly as they could once they got the approval. Uh, to get away from the bad PR and kind of remake this whole company. It looks like uh, they may still be doing that, but they're going to at least give them to the end of 2023, uh, which is another, what, two months or so. So no surprise that uh, now that the company is almost in the, the clutches of Microsoft, uh, that they're going to allow him to you know, finish out the rest of the year. We'll see if they if they extend this into 2024 and how long they extend it to, because I, you know, this is not just a we'll put in Phil Spencer in his office kind of situation. There are deals or contracts. There are processes and things like that, that he helped kind of set up personally, probably, or uh, with the team that need to be combed over before giving him his golden parachute. It may not make a whole lot of difference. Uh, you know, I think sometimes when these companies get bought out, the old CEO or the current CEO stays in place just to kind of hand over the office keys. Look, this is the way we pay bills, as you were saying. These are the contracts that we owe. This is our process of doing business. And as you mentioned, you know, he does have some followings of some questionable activities in the past. I think as soon as Microsoft gets an idea of the business practices, and how things work on a day-to-day do they write him a check and say hey move on you know it's our place now and do you know hire someone else does you know phil spencer oversee it you know does somebody already in microsoft oversee it but i think he knows his days are numbered and i don't see it carrying on past the final okaying of the merger with the FTC and you know once all of Microsoft battles are over with and done they kind of ease him out maybe we don't even know about it necessarily and they move on to something you know somebody else yeah and like you just mentioned uh, again the FTC still has to do their thing and I believe they're going to be doing it starting next month anyway so um, we have seen deals we were just talking about off mic 
that have come undone and unraveled uh, even by you know late in the game by the FTC specifically Meta having to sell Giphy to Shutterstock was amongst the the most recent ones. So you know we may have gotten the thumbs up by these two other larger pillars of regulatory bodies uh, in the world, uh, but the FTC could quickly come in and, and still undo all of this and having ousted Bobby uh, before they get a chance to uh, get the final stamp on it would be disastrous. Uh, I'm not vouching for the guy. I don't, you know, I, I've only known what I've reported on. Uh, but as a business, you do keep it uh, close to the vest until, like you, we mentioned again off mic, the fat lady sings, until she is done with her encore and everyone has exited the theater. So uh, we'll he'll we'll probably stay in place for, you know, a bit longer. Uh, I do expect him to get his golden parachute or his finder's fee, essentially, for agreeing to get the board to go with this deal and extend the deal beyond uh, their July date into October, where they could finally seal the uh, approval from the CMA. So he'll probably get a nice $40, $45 million uh, check and uh, a nice handshake. And then as far as who runs the day-to-day, -day, I doubt Phil Spencer will, because he apparently is going to, I would suspect, be the broader vision guy. but. It'll be interesting to see who they either promote or bring in. I do suspect uh, as part of a PR suggestion, you know, if you want to follow the tea leaves, they'll probably bring in uh, a woman. Uh, this will help smooth over some of the uh, ongoing issues that they have as far as discrimination and harassment are concerned. Uh, maybe hopefully she will be uh, a champion for all of those causes for both men and women. Uh, if they you know, decide to put her in, or, or if not, maybe someone who has a history, a, a guy who has a history of doing that as well. Uh, because aside from the uh, extracurricular activities, the extracurricular legal activities that are the activities just need to be a well-known machine for the most part. Uh, I know Microsoft already backed their uh, bid for a union, so that's one thing down. Uh, addressing these other things, you, you have a relatively decent company on your hands. Money will talk in the end. I think that, yeah. I think that's that's exactly, you know, le legal things aside, approvals and all this. I think money's going to talk, and Microsoft will get this company exactly where they want it to be, wherever that may be. They're going to get who they want in leadership. They're going to get the content where they want it. They'll have to go through their provisions that they agreed to to get the merger in the first place absolutely but checks will be written they're not through at 70 billion dollars and things will iron out and we can finally hate to say it that way but maybe finally stop talking about this and start playing games instead I'm going to start by ending this whole conversation right now. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening <laughs> to us. Uh, I do want to uh, offer you a chance to talk about any hardware reviews or anything that are coming up on your end. Well, we did get some Microsoft products in. I have been tinkering with the Surface Laptop Go 3. I think that is going to be a very interesting review as I've started working through testing some of that. We've got... Um, the Lenovo Chromebook Plus as the Chromebook Plus lineup has recently launched within the last couple of weeks and we got a lower end Lenovo Idea Book 3 or Idea Pad 3 that I just received yesterday to see how well these 
low-end PCs can compete with the Surface Laptop Go 3. Um, the Laptop Go 3, I don't want to ruin the review, has surprised me a little bit. Um, possibly the most ignored, underrated Surface product if you look at it for what it's meant to be. Yeah, on the flip side, I have the most overrated one, perhaps. Uh, I have the Surface Laptop Studio 2. I say overrated as in far as the coverage is concerned. Uh, the device itself has been uh, chugging along quite nicely. Uh, I will hopefully have that uh, review out next week. Uh, I've had it for, this will be about a week and a half now. Uh, I know I typically take longer to do reviews, but this is a beefier uh, version of it. It's uh, you know producing pretty well. Uh, I've actually started using a new uh, uh, video editing suite. I've started using DaVinci Resolve now and it's been tackling really? that like butter. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, I will also be reviewing, uh, I think I have a monitor review. Uh, I should have a projection or projector review up as well. I have a couple of small peripherals and accessories uh, that should be coming out uh, hopefully in the next week or two. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as far as specifics, like I said, the Studio Laptop uh, 2 has been my main, main focus so far. Um, with that being said, where can people find you if they want to talk to you or offer suggestions and stuff? For the few people that still remain on X or Twitter, I am still loyally hanging out there. David PAJ1978. The room's getting a little smaller, so pick up your cookies and come join me. Yeah, uh, I am Mindhead1 over at uh, X, Twitter, whatever, uh, Misinformation Central. Uh, you can also find me at Kareem Anderson on uh, Threads as well. I like to go over there and talk about comics and movies. Um, that's it, folks. We want to thank you for joining us for another week. We hope you were entertained, educated, and uh, had a good time hanging out with us. Yes, I hope you week. guys have a good weekend.